Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us today. You know, one of our big surprises in Faith and Family Radio is during the year 2017, our number one show, according to our listener response, was a show dedicated to your family's health. Specifically, we were talking about heart health, and we just thought it was just a show we were kind of adding into our show lineup, and lo and behold, we get this tremendous listener response. So come to think of it, what is more important in your family's health? You know, you're busy about so many things, but if your health goes, everything else seems to stop until that can get corrected, if it can. And today we're going to be talking about how certain plastics and chemicals can make you fat, really sick, infertile, and perhaps even depressed. Our special guest is Dr. Anthony Jay, and we're going to be talking about how artificial chemicals can hack your body's hormonal system. And this one was a shock to me because, like you, I was very careful when I got my water bottles to look in the bottom and make sure they were PBA-free. I'm sure you do the same for your children. Did you know that a lot of the plastic replacements for PBA are just as toxic? Stay tuned to hear Dr. Anthony J. share some important information for your family's health. But just let me tell you a little bit about him. Dr. J. earned his bachelor's with a double major in biology and theology and a double minor in classics and chemistry from Ave Maria University. After college, he worked in the context of brain research, and then he earned his Ph.D. in biochemistry from the Boston University School of Medicine. Dr. J. is currently at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, researching stem cells, epigenetics, and is the president of the International Medical Research Collaborative. And today, we're going to be discussing the topics in his book, Estrogeneration, How Estrogenics Are Making You Fat, Sick, and Infertile. Dr. J, welcome. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me. Well, you're more than welcome, but when I you sent me graciously a copy of your book, when I saw, okay, how estrogenics are making you fat, sick, and fertile, what are estrogenics? Yeah, so I sometimes use the phrase artificial estrogens. Okay. And I'm talking about these chemicals, but, um, but estrogenics is more accurate because artificial estrogens implies it's man-made or artificial, obviously. Okay. But estrogenics are any chemicals, any substances that act like estrogen in your body. And that includes soy estrogen, like mycoestrogen for molds, um, so, which technically aren't artificial, mm-hmm. but they can be harmful for your health. Okay. Why are they so harmful to your health? Well, I mean, so maybe starting with natural estrogen. So in men, we have about 20 nanograms per liter of estrogen, natural estrogen again. And, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, Women must not be that affected by these because their estrogen is so much higher than men. But in reality, I mean, it is during certain times of the month, but in reality, women have about 20 nanograms per liter 
up to about 400, depending on the time of the month. And that's, you know, it's a pretty wide range, but it's not that much different than men. But these artificial estrogens, you know, we're being exposed to these in the thousands of nanograms per liter in many cases. And it just completely disrupts our natural estrogen balance and all of our other hormones. Now, one of the things you mentioned in your book, I just found this. Actually, I found it a little hard to believe. You you say that these fake estrogens can uh, make us fat. How in the world could that happen? Good question. So a lot of these estrogen chemicals, obviously they're acting like estrogen in your body, and they mimic pregnancy. You know, okay. even if you're a man, it's it's telling, it's signaling to your body at a biochemical level, I'm pregnant. And what happens during pregnancy, of course, is, you know, your estrogen goes up and you you have some obviously changes in your body. And one of those changes is you increase your fat stores. And that's not a bad thing. That's, you know, historically, our ancestors didn't always have access to food. So, you know, fat is the most efficient form of energy. So you increase your fat stores. Um, the problem is, of course, <laughs> uh, you don't want to increase your fat stores, you know, in general. And, of course, we all have plenty of food these days for the most part. But we're still telling our bodies, you know, increase fat stores, hold on to fat. And that's what these artificial chemicals are doing. So it's kind of like being pregnant in a disordered way with these artificial chemicals. Again, just from a biological perspective. You know, I just read in the paper this week, there's, I forgot how many tens of millions of Americans are trying to lose weight for their health yeah, and yeah. such. And, and you mentioned that these fake estrogens are kind of like a fat switch. They tell yep. our body to oop, take on fat and that even yep. rats got belly fat with their, you know, when you're experimenting with these things, their fat switch is turned on. And how many millions of these people who are honestly trying to lose weight and prove their health are just kind of working against themselves by exposing themselves to these harmful chemicals and plants. Right. And there was a paper that, should, that uh, of course, I referenced in my book, and you're probably referring to this one, but they, get, they had two groups of rats, and they gave them the exact same calories, exact same everything, same exercise, the whole thing. But in one group, they gave them low-dose atrazine in their water. And the other group, of course, just had regular water. And I, I emphasize low-dose because a lot of us in America are actually getting exposed to low-dose atrazine. And the group of rats with the low-dose atrazine got fat. And just from that one conditional change, you know, you saw, we saw a big impact in, the scientific, in this scientific study. And, you know, the other problem with these chemicals is they store in our fat. And I call that the estrogenic paradox because not only do they turn the switch on, it's called PPAR gamma, they, they flip on the fat switch so they tell your body to make more fat, to store more fat, but then they store in the fat as well because they, they're like estrogen, they float on water. You know, they're, they're kind of like oily substances for the most part. Um, in chemistry, we call that hydrophobic, but yeah, it just mean, in Greek, that just means fear of water. <laughs> and so in other words, it's like cholesterol or butter, you know, and by the way, cholesterol is the precursor for estrogen. When your body wants to make estrogen or testosterone, uh, it uses cholesterol. And so these hormones, uh, these sex hormones, testosterone and estrogen, they float on water. And so do these artificial estrogens. 
therefore, when they get into your body, they prefer to store in your fat, and they do, and that makes it even harder to lose that fat because they're there constantly telling your body to retain that fat. And how long does that fat that's storing these fake estrogens, how, how long does that stay in your body? Is this a 24-hour, 72-hour yeah. type of deal or a <laughs> lot longer? Yeah. No, a recent study showed they did an investigation on how long an average fat cell survives in your body. And they found it, the average fat cell lives a year and a half, but they've also gotten, they found cells that live up to 10 years. So that's a long time. And that can be obviously an uphill battle when you're trying to lose that weight and you've got these chemicals in there. And I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, maybe saying this, but one of the things I recommend for people is to use a sauna if they want to kind of jumpstart, you know, eliminating some of these chemicals, because a lot of people don't even know about these chemicals, number one, but as soon as they start avoiding them, which is the most important thing you can do, then, you know, if you want to jumpstart that process of getting them out of your body, a sauna really helps because, uh, you know, it speeds up molecular motion, including the, the motion within these fat cells, and it gets, a, gets them out into your blood, gets them out into your urine, et cetera. Oh, that's a that's a good one. Uh, here's a couple of other things that are going on, and there's obviously multiple causes for many of these things, but depression <clears throat> is hitting skyrocketing <clears throat> rates in our culture. And you make the claim yep. in your book that uh, there's a link here. For sure. And it's a tough one to, to research scientifically because, you know, people aren't really honest about depression oftentimes. And it's hard to quantify, you know, which chemicals are causing what in that regard. But suicide is probably the most, you know, the most specific uh, thing you can measure. And birth control, for example, definitely increases suicide. And that's well known. I mean, there was a study with, you know, tens of thousands of people. And it was in the British Journal of Medicine and it showed that suicide is up in birth control users. And a lot of these other, I mean, I think there's a pattern here with all of these artificial estrogen chemicals. And that's what I was looking for when I was researching my book was, you know, patterns that kind of connect all of these chemicals and, and the health problems, not just, you know, one random health problem, but a pattern between all of these chemicals, because that indicates it's acting like estrogen and that's an estrogenic dysfunction. Like it's, it's, it's altering the hormones and this delicate balance of estrogen we have. And that's one of the patterns I found is depression, definitely. And what about one of the most feared words in the English vocabulary, uh, cancer? I mean, it's such a yeah. fear disease, and rightfully our society is concerned and spending countless millions researching it. Is there any connection with cancer? For sure, um, especially breast cancer. So breast cancer is up 250 percent since 1980 in America. And I mean, globally, it's even worse than that. And in the Philippines, for example, it's over 500 percent increase. And these That's... chemicals, of course, are imitating estrogen and they're causing breast tissue development and things and, um, and dysfunctional breast tissue development and breast cancer, for sure. So <laughs> in a sense, are the researchers, I mean, you know, you see a lot of uh, awareness, even football players wearing their uh, pink ribbons and everything else and the millions being spent. Yep. Is there any, yep. you know, direct research and warnings going on regarding these fake estrogen chemicals in breast cancer? Or is it something too overlooked? 
Oh yeah, it's completely overlooked. Yeah, I sometimes joke that you know dressing up football players like newborn baby girls is definitely not the solution to breast cancer. We've got to eliminate these chemicals, and and scientists know that, but most of them aren't actively, you know, out there admitting that. But you know, I mean, we're raising awareness. Yeah, sure, people know about it. You know, but what can you do about it? I think there's real specific solutions, and. This is the biggest one. This is it. Avoid artificial estrogens. Okay, this is something that's, um, you know, with all the health information being published and broadcast in our country, this is this is an overlooked area that has crucial effects. Yeah. And uh, I am speaking with Dr. Anthony Jay, the author of the new book, Estrogeneration, How Estrogenics Are Making You Fat, Sick, and Infertile. Now, Hopefully we've discussed enough that if you're listening to this, you say, okay, I get it. And there's a lot more we can discuss and we, we will probably hit on some. But one of the valuable things that Dr. J has in his book is that the, the top 10 fake estrogens that we want to avoid. He has his top 10 list. And this is so helpful because... Uh, you know, you, you could spend years trying to dig all this stuff up, and here it is, one through ten. So, Dr. J, what's number one? And by the way, the reason I I made them ten, even though there's probably 12 or 13 or 14, I kind of compiled them into certain categories. And number one is phytoestrogens. So that's kind of a category. It's any, pl- any plant estrogen, any chemical. So plants create hormones just like humans do, but obviously they're different. They're plants. But some of those hormones within the plants act like estrogen in humans, and those are called phytoestrogens. Okay. Some examples of that? Yeah, so there was a big study done in Canada of over 100 food items, plant foods. Yes. And just purely looking for phytoestrogen, plant estrogens, and soy. Well, everything was under 1,000 micrograms per 100 gram. Just just don't worry about the units for now. Just realize everything was under 1,000 except for soy and flax. Soy was over 100,000 micrograms per 100 gram, and flax was over 300,000 in terms of phytoestrogen. So those are the two big red flags. And what's, what's good about phytoestrogens, you know, quote-unquote good, is that our gut bacteria can break them down. You know, we've seen our ancestors have eaten these mm-hmm. at small degree, you know, not at these huge levels we're eating them today, but at least our gut bacteria recognizes these and they can break them down. And sometimes even the byproducts, those breakdown products, can be healthy. But, you know, a lot of, not a lot of people out there walking around with good gut bacteria these days, and a lot of these things are causing health problems. Now, isn't soy put in a lot of um, infant formula products? Yep, yep. And they've moved away from that, thankfully, but because it, 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 it causes thyroid problems, especially in children, goiter. But, you know, if you see it in there... Definitely avoid it. Okay. And the other thing is a lot of infant, even infant formula bottles oftentimes are coated with BPA. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I mean, we can go into that at some point, maybe even when we get down to BPA on the top 10 list. But, okay. You know, because, because sometimes they'll say BPA free and they're still just as bad for you, like you mentioned at the beginning. And I guess I'll save that discussion for later down the list here. <laughs> All right. Let me ask you uh, on behalf of our pot smoking friends in Colorado, what about pot? Mm. Yeah, good point. So marijuana definitely is estrogenic, 
And I think that's why you see so much infertility in the younger people and the, the smokers that start younger. And they find it in the uh, smoke condensate. So smoking it is has been clearly you know, shown to be estrogenic. And so whatever chemicals are in the marijuana smoke are causing health problems, number one, and they're, it's because they're estrogenic. And that, and it, it, where does that land? In other words, the, the THC within the marijuana, where does that land in the yep. body and how long does it stay there? Yeah, I mean, it definitely it bioaccumulates. And I don't, you know, they didn't give a really good quantification in that study. They just showed that it acts upon the estrogen receptor mm-hmm. and it's problematic. But I mean, that's an issue with all these chemicals is they bioaccumulate, right? So they're storing in the fat. And that's why the dose doesn't make the poison. A lot of times you hear scientists say the dose makes the poison. In other words, oh, it's okay at a low level, but then as you go up, then it's a problem. But in reality, in this case, that's not true because we're storing in our fat. So you can have a low level and then it just keeps building and keeps storing. And as long as you're chronically exposed, that's going to lead to health problems. And the other thing is because all of these other chemicals we're, we're going to talk about soon, they all act like estrogen also, and they all bioaccumulate. So we're, we're hammering these estrogen chemicals, hammering the estrogen receptor in our body, and that leads to a lot of problems. Now, I had someone who uses lavender as an essential oil, both for you know, spraying in a room as well as rubbing on a body. And they said, well, there is only one study about lavender, and it was a flawed study because uh, they're – big advocate of essential oils and you caution about it. You, 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 you mm-hmm, mentioned correct. it in your book. Could you tell us a little bit about lavender? Yeah, I'm glad you're getting, you're, you're being thorough here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and just so people know that that's the four big ones in soy and flax, you see everywhere, lavender and cannabis are the other two. Um, and lavender, you normally wouldn't have to worry about it, but people are condensing it. And you know, the, when you're making these essential oils. So there's actually a couple studies. There's not just one. And I did a YouTube video on this if people are interested. But, you know, because I go through these actual studies. And the the biggest study, the best study, was in the New England Journal of Medicine. Um, and that study, it not only did it, it, it only used a few people. So it was kind of a case study. It didn't have a huge population. But the cells that they did research also in that same study on cells and estrogen receptor activation, and they showed it activates the estrogen receptor in the cells, and that's a lot more stringent data. That's a lot better data than, you know, just looking at a few people. Mm-hmm. And that's the data that I really, that I I really utilize, you know, in terms of when I'm thinking about how it's activating estrogen, estrogen receptors. So, yeah, I worry about. I definitely worry about lavender. That's the one essential oil I, I caution people about. Okay. It is anti-inflammatory. There's good studies, so it has benefits, but I'd watch out for it. Okay. You know? All right. Um, let's go to the herbicide atrazine. And I read about atrazine in your book, so I decided, okay, I want to hear the other side of this. I went to the company's website, and here's what they said about yep. atrazine. Safe yep. for people good for the environment and the economy. What say you? Wow. Yeah, no, it's terrible. And it's, it's completely illegal in Europe. So that should tell us, that should raise a red flag. Uh, hint, in America, right. we, have a lot of, we have a lot of corporate influence from our chemical companies in our politics. But 
Well, let me just give you some numbers here. So 200 nanograms per liter of atrazine causes reproductive abnormalities in frogs, and they, it causes feminization. I mean, just com- complete infertility. And, of course, frogs are sitting in it. So you can make an argument that, yeah, if you're sitting in it, if you're soaking in it all the time, that's an issue. But, you know, it's illegal in Europe, again, and there's reasons for that. And in, in it, they don't allow any in the water supply in Europe. But here in America, we allow 3,000 nanograms per liter in our drinking water. So 200 nanograms per liter causes frog reproductive abnormalities. We allow 3,000 in our drinking water. So, yes, frogs are sitting in it, but we're drinking it. And the half-life of this stuff is over a year, so it doesn't really break down, and that's by design. They, inc- they intentionally designed it to last a long time. And so it takes years to degrade. And, you know, they spray it on grains, especially corn, and, I mean, it's clearly estrogenic. There's no question the scientific studies it acts like estrogen in our bodies. The um, folks should know that uh, the weed and feed that you buy in your big box store and you put on your lawn that your kids play on, very many of those varieties have atrazine. And uh, I, I just want to warn folks, because I feel fairly strongly about this. Uh, I'm a dog lover, and I believe I killed my dog. Um, While living in Florida, we have these real hard-to-kill silver dollar weeds, and you want a systemic uh, herbicide to try to kill them. At least I thought we did. And things like atrazine, I applied to my lawn. Then my dog goes out on wet dew in the morning and sits on that grass she eventually yep. developed all kinds of lesions. She was uh, wake up in the morning, had open sores, bleeding, and I had to put her down. And uh, I am not going to be using atrazine on my lawn uh, anymore because uh, I love my dogs. And I also love my grandchildren who come over and play on my lawn. And uh, here's just a warning. I mean, this stuff is really serious. And I just want to use the phrase that Dr. J uses in his book. He says, atrazine causes a kind of chemical castration in this experiments with frogs. Why do you want to do this with your children, with your pets, with any living thing? So I just kind of went off on atrazine there a little bit, but I kind of feel strongly about this one. So Europe, Europe does too. I mean, I know. You I know. know. And, and, and what's really crazy, Steve, is, you know, obviously, you know, these things store in fat, and that includes animal fat. That's right. And that's one of the reasons when, when we're researching things like bacon or whatever, we're, we're, we're finding, quote, unquote, negative results, finding health problems with fats. But the funny thing is, the irony is whenever we study good fats, you know, fats that are not saturated with estrogen chemicals, we find the opposite. Oftentimes we find fats are healthy. And that, that, there's a whole range of different fats, you know, assuming we're not talking about soybean oil or some kind of a hyper-processed seed oil or something. You know, we're finding a lot of good, positive benefits from eating fat. But then the problem is there's so much scientific research that's confounded with estrogen chemicals. It's, you know, <laughs> it's confusing everybody, including the scientists. A lot of them aren't even aware that you know, there's atrazine in, in that bacon because those pigs are eating uh, corn. And then that, and that goes over to the cows, too. They did a study on cows, and they just took their blood. These were a feedlot cows on those, you know, those big corn-fed Right, industrial cows. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they found 700,000 nanograms per liter of atrazine in the cow's blood. 
And I mean, that's just boggling, boggles your mind because 200 nanograms, again, 200 causes frog issues, 700,000 in the blood. So that even makes me question the meat coming out of those cows, you know, on those feedlots. And certainly, and that convinced me to, to, to move towards grass fed cows and actually find a farmer. And I, I got connected with Weston A. Price. You know, they've got a really good network nationally in terms of knowing where the good grass fed cows are and free range and all this like the legitimate free range cow. So right, right. anyways, you know, I used to just think it was fat, but even now I'm kind of even worrying about the red meat with, with the data that's coming in. All right. Uh, we have time just for one more. I want our listeners to know that um, we're going to have Dr. J on for a second broadcast, a part two of this. And we're going to have basically an action plan for your family, not only how to avoid these things, but how to get them out of your body. But we have just a minute or two left, but what about soaps and fragrances and soaps and perfumes, body products? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, the problem with those is oftentimes companies hide some of these chemicals in the term fragrance, and they're legally allowed to do that because it protects their proprietary secret ingredients. So, in other words, they can have parabens, which are estrogenic. They can have phthalates, which are estrogenic. They can have some of these chemicals, these estrogen-like chemicals in their products, and it's not even on the label sometimes. So you really want to look for companies that you can trust or companies that list out all the ingredients and they're just natural ingredients. So, you know, I just was in a conversation with somebody about a sunscreen chemical called oxybenzone, and the company had told them that it doesn't go through your skin. So I showed them the scientific study that shows not only does it go through your skin, but it goes through your skin even from your clothing. So if, you, if you're using laundry detergent with oxybenzone because it's a UV protectant, protects yes. your clothes from degradation, even that's going through your skin. And they're not even rubbing it on their skin. So you've got to be careful when you're rubbing these on your skin. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, we have yep. more to, to talk to with Dr. J. We're going to have a part two of this broadcast. But in the meantime, his website, you can go to AJ consultingcompany.com. I'll repeat that. AJconsultingcompany.com. I recommend you listen to a number of his video podcasts. They're only about five or six minutes. They're excellent. And get a copy of his book, Estrogeneration, How Estrogenics Are Making You Fat, Sick, and Infertile. I'm Steve Wood, your host. You've been listening to episode 182 of Faith and Family Radio. Dr. J, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.